This is Contra Radio from Contra.Scot. Welcome, dear congregants, to the Sunday Salmon with me, David Jameson. NATO General Secretary Jens Stoltenberg made a remarkable statement widely ignored by the world press this week. Speaking to a joint meeting of the European Parliament and the EU's Defence Committee, he finally admitted what everyone knows. The Russian invasion was motivated by NATO expansion. Quote, President Putin declared in the autumn of 2021 and actually sent a draft treaty that they wanted NATO to sign to promise no more NATO enlargement. That was what he sent us, and was a precondition for not invading Ukraine. Of course, we didn't sign that. So he went to war to prevent NATO, more NATO close to his borders. Close quotes. You can't really express it more clearly than that. Months and years of faux consternation every time NATO enlargement and the encirclement of European Russia were mentioned, and of course, they knew its importance all along. But the games are far from over as demonstrated by GMB union leader Gary Smith. At this year's Trade Union Congress, his union is pressing a motion calling on trade unionists to support UK government policy, war until the reconquest of Crimea and the total military defeat of Russia. Stop the War Chair Andrew Murray is quite right to note that for Smith, quote, Tory politicians become different people, no longer class politicians, when they go abroad. The treatment of foreign policy as though it somehow exists above and beyond capitalism and social class is of course an old affliction in trade union officialdom. It has allowed trade union and social democratic leaders to back a long list of disastrous wars and caused anti-war socialists to demand the continuation of class politics during war under the slogan, the main enemy is at home. But just because these stances are old doesn't mean they remain the same over time. When Germany invaded in 1914, plucky Belgium became a subsidiary cause to the real thing, the king-and-country patriotism of the British Empire. When NATO partisans in the West call for national self-determination for Ukraine today, what they really mean is incorporation of states into military and economic transnational blocs. These organisations are the antithesis of self-determination as traditionally understood, because they are specifically designed to remove the nation, or at least the whole nation, including its working-class majority, from politics and decision-making. This reality lies behind some of the strange and distinctive qualities of modern pro-war politics. From the US to Britain, pro-war agitators no longer rally to the symbols of their own nation, but foreign ones. The interests of British and US elites are being served, but the flag waved is Ukraine's. National chauvinism has thus been subjugated by internationalism from above, and it is to this elite internationalism that the pro-war left now appeals. Objections to the idea of a nationally oriented politics typically come from those who see themselves as above such confines. Social media addicts and the politics-adjacent professional jet set, often the same people, can't understand why they should limit themselves to making demands on one's own state or elite. Imagine you are part of a network of people living in a dozen cities across three or four continents. You're in regular, 
perhaps daily contact with these people in professional and sometimes personal matters. You read the news in several countries. In fact, you often scan quickly past the national news in despair and explore the grander vistas of the international scene. You read the business section, since you are at least tangentially affected by markets across the world, and you have the worldly awareness of the butterfly effect of global financial markets. You read the arts pages, and certainly don't limit yourself to national fare. It would make little sense to you to view events in Ukraine and Russia from a mainly British perspective. It would certainly never occur to you that there might be a virtue in choosing this perspective. That would be downright uncouth, and a horror at this democratic rudeness is frequently evoked in appeals to centre Ukrainian voices, though only the ones who agree with Western elites, as though people living in Britain have no right to concern over their own government's policy. Those who recoil from a national politics, the networked, globalised new man, are a poor basis for democracy. They are alienated from any sense of organic connection to a national demos, feel no responsibility for state policy, and no obligation to oppose policies adopted by a national elite. And though they are a small social element, their cultural forms are projected into the media and mass ideology, where we are all encouraged to view events from Mount Olympus, with a God's eye view of what goes on below. From the mountain top, there is no politics, democracy or social responsibility. There is only the ego and its morality. It is to this internationalism that Smith is appealing. The global politics of powerful states, military alliances and multinational arms firms. But this can never be the internationalism of the workers' movement. That must begin at home, since the national vector is the only one open to the social majority. We cannot access the cosmopolitan internationalism of the elite. We are not close enough to that world to imagine ourselves, even falsely, as having any influence upon it. The politics involved in supporting the Tory government and NATO against Russia is profoundly alienated from the working class. Not only does it seek to build a bridge between workers and their exploiters, but it also seeks to replace a working class political perspective with the ethos of a post-democratic, transnational elite. And far from an antique, the attitude that the main enemy is at home makes more sense today. It pushes now not only against national chauvinism, but against transnationalism. It is a demand to bring politics back from the mountaintop to the lives of the working class. The call for peace is not an abstract one, if it is made against the UK government and against the NATO alliance, of which it is an important part. This is precisely the demand we should make in Britain. Want more like this? Subscribe to Contra Radio on our SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up to our regular newsletter at contra.substack.com and find great articles and more at contra.scot. We really rely on listeners like you to help us grow. In return, you get access to exclusive content and events by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Contra Scott.